Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Bibles to the 90th Psalm. I'm going to be reading to you, and by the way, this message will be part of last Wednesday night's message. I will say it will be a compliment to it. We'll put it that way. Not a continuation, but a compliment to it. So keep them together. If you get the, if you get the messages, keep them together. If you let anybody listen to them, listen to them at least both. Now we got... I was led by the Spirit of God last Wednesday night to really... Open up our eyes in the area of believing and trusting God for our physical bodies. And when I say this, I want you to receive it into your spirit. Chew on it. If you disagree, that's all right. You just go back and put it on somewhere along your shelf there and chew on it for a while and see if you can get it to where you can digest it. Amen. Some people want to know why God doesn't heal a lot of people, especially when those people are Christians. And we've got so many people that try to attempt to answer these questions by saying that, well, it's not God's will to heal all or this or that or this or that. And I want you to understand this. It is God's will that everybody be healed. And it is God's will that everybody live their life on this earth free of sickness and disease. That is God's will. We talked Wednesday night about the fact that a lot of people do not put their trust in God because they're still in decision between believing God or believing in the medical field. Again, I know that you're mature out there and you can get what I'm saying. If I wasn't led of the Lord to say it, I wouldn't say it. I've had enough of people that compromise and always attempt to make an excuse for God or the Father and try to compromise the Word. And I know that sometimes as teachers of the Word, we have got to teach it to where the people could receive it and not get themselves into a place of foolishness. Because when you teach it like, I'm going to, like I taught it Wednesday night and like I'm going to teach it today... People will run off and get foolish. Now listen to me right now. I don't want you going anywhere and being foolish. But I do want you to start to understand some truth. One huge reason, a big reason why people do not get healed from God and receive their healing is because they've never made a decision that Jehovah is to them their healer. They have made the quality decision that God is their source. Number one source. And they will trust and they will believe in Him for their physical body. They stay double-minded almost all of their Christian life. And then when they get to the point that sickness and disease comes on them in their later life, then they don't have the faith or the knowledge or the understanding or the wisdom of how to use God's Word to get their deliverance. And really by then they should be walking in divine health anyhow and walking that close to the Father that His glory keeps them healthy. And I want to say this. This is not for people that want to fool around and play games with God. If you want to live your life close to Him, in union with Him, one with Him, walking away from sin, not living in sin at all, I mean living a holy life for a holy God, then this is the place to be because we're going to talk about it right now and we're going to let the Holy Father teach us what it means to trust Him. I mean that. I mean that. And every assembly should be the same way. Every assembly should be teaching the truth of God's Word. I'm not teaching against the medical field, but I'm saying this. Thank God for what they've done. But this is not God's method. Are you hearing me? This is not God's method at all. Now you're going to have to grab a hold of this. You're going to have to understand this. 
This is why people fail. Because they do not fully trust in Him. And the reason they... Don't, I'll give you a good example. Over there in India, they, they were walking across the water. Some of you probably read some books. They, there was a, the river was there and there was no way to get to the other side. And so they had to get to the other side. So they walked across the water. They walked. That's all. Just walked right across the water. Well, when asked, the person that was involved in this movement, they asked, they said, are they still walking across the water over there? He said, no. I said, how come? How come they stopped? I said, they built a bridge. They built a bridge. So now they don't have to walk across the water. You get the point? Why isn't man trusting God for his body? They got more trust in the bridge. They got more trust in the medical field. I'm going to tell you something right now. That medical field does a lot of damage. And it's not 100% safe. It's not. At all. But yet man's trust in these last, I'd say especially these last 50 years, has grown so much in the medical field that it has actually turned them away from believing God. I just look back to the days of Abraham. There were no great hospitals. There was no clinics for every, every, everything yet. And that man lived to be... And someone says, well, they died. No, they didn't. Maybe the heathen did, but the believer in God didn't die. Abraham didn't die. He was 175 years old. Moses was 120. You're in the 90th, 90th Psalm. You find that? Let's look at the 90th Psalm. I'm ready. Are you ready? Listen to me. I'm saying this. This is a reason why people fail to receive. Because they never learn to put their complete and full trust in God our Heavenly Father. You say, it sounds like you're changing your preaching. No, I'm not changing my preaching. I'm telling you the truth. Everybody I know has got to preach it this way. If you don't have faith to get healed, you better get to the doctor. Which is true. You better. But I don't want to stay to the point that I, I just don't have faith to get healed. Do you? I don't want to stay at the level that I... I have total trust in the doctor or the medical field. I want to say that I've got complete and total trust in my Heavenly Father. And there's only going to be one way to do it. It's when you realize that you have got to come out and believe God with all your heart. That's the only way. That's the only way. I'm talking about walking in complete and total divine health now. If that's not your goal in life, well then, so be it. But my goal in life is to walk free from sickness and disease. Anybody here got that same goal in life? I want to be free from it. I want to walk free from it. I don't want to be cut up. As a matter of fact, one lady had a part of partial breast removed because of cancer. And in one healing... I'll tell you, God's mercy is so great. In one uh, meeting, while prayer was going on and God was performing miracles, He grew it back. You know what that tells me? He's the healer. And he don't like it. He gave you a body to be whole. He don't like it. Now I know, like I said, we're going to get tough. But I believe I'm led by the Spirit of God to lay it on the line. Because you have got to hear the fullness of the truth. It's, it's time we, we've got to preach it like I said. We've got to show you that if you don't have faith, don't be foolish. I'm not talking about somebody who doesn't have faith. I'm talking about somebody who wants to grow in an area of divine healing and help to where you could maintain complete and total confidence and trust in God the Father Himself and be free forever from any medical bills. Now, I want to be that way. And praise God, since I got into into being, even being born again, in my life, it's been that way. And I'm not looking to anybody else. I would rather, I mean this sincerely, I would rather die. I mean that. You say, how can you say that? I would rather. I want to, because we said last Wednesday night, his body was so mutilated for your sickness and your, my disease and yours, that God the Father put that terrible sickness and disease of, and cursed the law on him for you and me. So that we could be without it. That is why I want to just go to Him. Do you? I'm going to read to you now, listen. In the Amplified Bible, 
90th Psalm, we use this verse 10. We use this verse of Scripture to say a man's life should be 70 years. Now listen, I want you to grab hold of this. You're going to start shouting. A man's life should be 70 or by reason of strength, 80. Well, forget it. And I'm guilty of it myself. You just sometimes pick up what other people say and, and, and you just repeat what they say. You know, sounds good. That sounds real good. Praise God. Sounds good to me. 70 or 80. Well, look at, I'm going to read to you. Well, let's read it first. From the Amplified. The days of our years are three score years in ten. Or if by reason of strength, four score years. Yet is there pride in additional years, only labor and sorrow. For it is soon gone and we fly away. Now listen to the comment in the Amplified Bible. This psalm is credited to Moses, who is interceding with God to remove the curse, which made it necessary for every Israelite over 20 years of age, when they rebelled against God at Kadesh Barnea, to die before reaching the promised land. Moses says most of them are dying at 70 years. This number has often been mistaken as a set span of life for all mankind. It was not intended to refer to anyone except those Israelites under the curse during that particular 40 years. Seventy years has never been the average span of life for humanity. When Jacob, the father of the twelve tribes, had reached 130 years old, he complained that he had not attained to the years of his immediate ancestors. In fact, Moses himself died at 120, Aaron 123, Miriam several years older, and Joshua 110, while in the millennium a person dying at 100 years old will be still a child. God's will is we live to be 120. That's God's will. And even more so. That lady at 128 said, when they asked her, what, you know, what do you credit your long life to? She said, I read the Bible every day. 128 still reading the Bible every day. Glory to God. Forget, say, he was just crying in lamentation. Lord, they're dying at 70. They're dying at 80. What's this? We should be living 120, 130, 140 years old. And anything they can have in the millennium, friends, you can have right here. 100 years old. I'm not shooting for less. Hallelujah to Jesus. Sounds like to me he's going to have to keep you healthy to live that long. But can you see that? Now let's go to the 91st Psalm. I want to read it to you from the Amplified Bible. And then we're going to get into the message. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. On Him I lean and rely, and in Him I confidently trust. Then He will deliver me from the snare of the fowler. Notice when you confidently trust in Him. Then He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the, no from the deadly pestilence. Then He will cover you with His pinions and under His wings shall you trust and, and find refuge. His truth and His faithfulness are a shield and a buckler. Then you shall not be afraid of the terror of the night, nor of the arrow, the evil plots and slanders of the wicked that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor of the destruction and sudden death that surprise and lay wait, waste at noonday. Then a thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Only a spectator shall you be. Yourself inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High as you witness the reward of the wicked. In other words, he ain't going to be able to get to you is what he's saying. Because you have made the Lord your refuge in the Most High, your dwelling place, there shall no evil before you, no pl any plague or calamity will come near your tent. For he will give his angels a special charge over you to accompany and defend and preserve you in all your ways of obedience and service. They'll bear you up on their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the adder. The young lion and the serpent shall you trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he knows, because he knows and understands my name. Or he has a personal knowledge of my mercy, my love, my kindness, and he trusts and relies on me, knowing I will never forsake him. No, never. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. It's only when a person lives and dwells in the atmosphere of what that is saying can we claim the promises. 
That's the only way. But he said, just like 1 John 5, 16, the wicked one cannot touch you if you dwell in that place. He can't do it. Now go to the 18th Psalm. The name of this message is Why We Can Trust in God. Why we can trust in God. He's not going to tell you to trust in Him without giving you reasons why to trust in Him. Is He? Why can I trust Him totally for the healing of my body? Why can I? Why can I totally trust Him for deliverance in every time of need? Well, you mark this psalm down as the psalm to meditate on in times of trouble. When trouble or calamity has come your way, you open up your Bible to the 18th Psalm. Psalm 18. Well, let's begin reading. I'm going to read part, parts of it from the Amplified Bible, and I'm going to read some from the King James. Let's start in the King James. And if you don't have an Amplified Bible, get yourself one. I love you fervently and devotedly. Okay, in the first verse, he says, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. In the Amplified I love you fervently and devotedly. If I had time, I'd get into all these words, but we'd be here for quite a while. So I'm just going to give you the highlights. I want you to meditate on it for yourself. I will love you fervently and devotedly, O Lord, my strength. I will love thee, O Lord. Okay, Psalm 91, 14 said, Because he said his love upon me, therefore. Right? David said, I will love thee, O Lord. Jesus said, He that keepeth my sayings and walks in my commandments loveth me. Right? So what he's saying is, He that's walking in love, He that's showing that love one towards another, He that's walking in the Word of God, keeping the Word of God at the forefront of his mind, continually in the Word of God, He's the one that's showing His love for me, for God the Father. That's how you love Him, is by walking in His Word and walking in love one towards another. Walking in love one towards another means you'll never say anything wrong about your brother or sister in the Lord. But you'll speak only words of love and faith towards them. I mean that. And it's time we're going to start to realize if you want to walk this walk and if you want to walk this way and if you want to live your life this way, it's time to stop talking about everybody. Except saying only those things that are edifying and good about a person. Especially in the body. Because when you do it, friends, you're talking about your Heavenly Father that way. Like I said, I'm not going to take time. Okay. Next one. The Lord is my rock. Circle that. My rock. He is my rock. Jesus is the rock of our salvation. He is no more to David than He was to us. He is the rock of our salvation. Jesus said that the rock is the doing of the Word of God. Luke 6, 48, he says, The person that builds his house or foundation upon a rock cannot be moved. Right? Luke 6, 48, right next to that, he's my rock. God is my rock. Say that with me. God is my rock. He's my sure foundation. Say it again. He's my sure foundation. Okay, that's what he is to you. You got that? Okay, next one. He's my fortress. That word means he's your castle, he's your defense, he's your stronghold, or he's your strong place. He's your castle, he is your defense, he is your stronghold, he is your strong place. That's who the Lord is to David. And that's who the Lord is to us. Look at the next one. He is my deliverer. My deliverer. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. Jesus himself became took likewise upon himself flesh, so that he, what, through death might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them. Or write that down next to that word deliver. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. And write down also Colossians 1, 13. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. He is our deliverer. He's David's deliverer. He is our deliverer. He has already delivered us from the power of darkness. All right, next one. Look at this. My God. Circle that and write down the Hebrew E-L. E-L. L. We call him El Shaddai. Right? 
When he said, He is my God, he said, He is my everything. He is almighty. He is omnipotent. He is the all-knowing, the all-seeing God. This is what he's saying here. He is El Shaddai. That's who he's calling him. He is my God. Now notice the next phrase. My strength. My strength. Right next to that, Philippians 4.13. My strength. Philippians 4.13 says what? I can do all things through Christ which who strengthens me or who is my strength. And the 27th Psalm says, The Lord is the strength of my life. Verse 1. Of whom shall I fear? Be afraid. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is my strength. Say that with me. The Lord is my strength. He's my God. He's my fortress. My all in all. Alright. Seems like we got the same God David got. In, look at this. In whom I will trust. Who's he trusting in? Who's he trusting in? He's trusting in the rock, the fortress, the deliverer, his God. He says, I will trust in him. He's going to trust in him. Who has he put his trust in? Who did he put his trust in? Who? He's putting his trust in the Almighty God. Notice that. Not man. Notice that whole 91st Psalm says, Because you put your trust in him. Because you have put your trust in Him. Because you have put your trust, your total confidence in Him and Him alone. In God Almighty. Because you put your trust in Him, He is going to deliver you. People do not get delivered until they sometimes make a decision that I have put in my total confidence and trust in the Lord Almighty God. Let's go on. He is also my clerk. Now, buckler just means he's my shield. In Ephesians 6.16, he is your shield of faith. He is my shield. Say it with me. The Lord is my shield. My shield of faith. See, we live by the faith of the Son of God. When the enemy attacks, you've got that shield of faith. You've got the rock that you're standing on. You've got a mighty fortress. You've got that shield of faith. He's the Almighty God. That means anything you need, he's got it. No matter what it is. Can you see how he's dividing into different parts everything you need to know about your Heavenly Father? Let's go on and see what else he says about him. I like this. He is the horn of my salvation. That word means he is the source or the power of my salvation. means deliverance, preservation, healing. Soundness. He is the power or the source of my deliverance, my healing, my soundness, my preservation. Who's the source? God is. He's the source. He's the power. The source and the power. You've got to make Him that source and you've got to make Him that power in your life. You have got to put your total confidence and total trust in Him. Let's go on. And my high tower. He's my high tower. Proverbs 10.18 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and are safe. Or, Amplified says, He set aloft. High tower. A strong tower. He set aloft. And really the word, and I wrote it down, that's translated safe there means free, Delivered, preserved, rescued. He is the one that saves, keeps me safe, delivers me, rescues me, preserves me. In Ephesians, it says we have been set on in the heavenly places with who? In Christ Jesus. Now he says he's your high tower. In Psalm 91 again, 14, he said, I'll set him on what? High, because why? He's known what? Because he's known my name. Now listen, 
He's your strong tower. He sets you aloft or sets you on high because you know His name. And that means He sets you above the evil and the wickedness that's coming down here at you. It's the law of the Spirit of life operating in your life. If you know His name, you'll be set on high. And when the evil comes, you'll just run right into that name into safety. And you'll be lifted up above the evil and all the things that come in your way. Okay, let's go on. Verse 3. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall, my, so, so shall I be saved from my enemies. Underline this phrase. I will call upon the Lord, so shall I be saved. Look at it. I will call upon the Lord. Now, don't take this offensive. I am not preaching and teaching you this for you to be offended. Believe me. I have given to those that really desire and want to seek the full life there is in Jesus Christ to walk in complete victory in every area of your life. That's why I'm saying these things. I mean that. I will call upon the Lord and He will save me. Another reason why God does not heal His people is because they call upon Him with one finger in the phone by the number of the nearest hospital. Don't take that offensively. You hearing me? What I'm saying is this. You're not going to get both ways. If you have to go, then you're not calling upon the Lord in that manner, total deliverance. You're going to have to believe God through the physician if you're going that way. And you need to know these things. If you're going to go that way, then you're going to have to believe, Father, I'm believing you through. I'm asking you to help me with this. But David is not talking about calling upon somebody else. You're going to see that he's surrounded with the enemy. And you're going to see that he needed help. And you're going to see that he didn't call the U.S. Cavalry. You're going to find out that he called upon the Lord. And the Lord, I mean, when you see this deliverance, you may not be sitting there very long. We may get raptured right out of here. But this is another, for you that's mature, I'll say this. A lot of reasons why people do not receive deliverance is because they are double-minded and do not understand how to totally, confidently put all their trust in the Lord their God. David said, I'll call upon Him. And what was the next part of that? He will. Because they don't know that when they call, He'll deliver them. Can you see what I'm saying? Look at the next verse. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. He says, death and hell and sorrows of it all, all surrounded me round about. They came in like a flood. Hold your place there. Go to Isaiah 59. You was never in this kind of situation, friends. I'll tell you right now. You've never been in this kind of situation. If you were... You better, I'll tell you what, you better meditate on it before you get into that situation. Meditate this 18th Psalm. Look at the Isaiah 59. I'm going to read this to you from the Amplified Bible. I want you to realize that he said that he was compassed about, he was enthroned, he was compassed about on every side with evil, with death itself, and all the forces thereof. In verse 19, I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible. So, verse 19, Isaiah 59, 19. So, as the result of the Messiah's intervention, they shall reverently fear the name of the Lord from the west and His glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, he was flooded, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him and put him to flight, for he will come like a rushing stream with the breath of the Lord given. For he will come like a rushing stream which the breath of the Lord gives. When the enemy surrounds you round about, and I don't care what phase of it it is, and the Holy Spirit is going to come in like a flood and going to drive out all the wickedness from around you, if you'll live godly before him. And you're going to see how David did it. 
You're going to see that you can put total trust and total confidence in the Lord your God to drive out any disease or sickness or calamity or trouble that comes around your household. No matter what it is. Let's go back to the 18th Psalm. It, this is verse 6. In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried. Underline called and underline cried. In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of His temple, and my cry came before Him even to His ears. We could preach an hour on that. In my distress, that word distress, circle it. God's mercy is His attitude and opinion towards somebody who's in distress. Listen, God's mercy is His attitude towards somebody who is in distress. That attitude. His compassion begins to flow forth because he can't stand to see somebody in distress. That's God's attitude towards people that's in distress. Grace is his attitude, attitude towards those that are unsaved. But mercy is his attitude towards, even if they're unsaved, anybody who's in distress. And many times he'll actually heal the non-believer, not only to prove himself, but also he don't like to see anybody suffer. You're going to see this. You're going to see what he did for David. You're going to say he's going to do it for me. That's his mercy. And you know what? You talk about mercy. He says, listen, come to the throne of what? You know why he said come to that throne? Because you've already entered into his grace. So I have access to go to the throne of grace to find what? See, his grace is upon you, yes. But the mercy is His attitude towards you, beloved, when you're in distress, when you're in despair, when you have a need, when you're ailing in your body, whenever something comes your way, His mercy takes over right there. He loves you so much. He says, come to my throne of grace and you'll find mercy. You'll find it. It's there. Okay, let's go on. He said, He heard my voice out of His temple. My cry came to His ears. The Lord's ears are not too heavy. His arm's not too short that he can't reach out and do for you. Right? Okay, let's go on. Look at verse 7. Are you ready? Are you ready to see that when a man lives right before God, when a man walks uprightly before Him, the Bible says his eyes run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of those who are living perfect towards Him. Doesn't it say that? Well, look at this. Look at this. His righteous servant, King David, was in despair. He was in distress. He called upon him, and God heard him out of his holy hill. Verse 7. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken because he was wroth. The word wroth means to glow, to grow warm, to blaze in anger. To glow, to grow warm, to blaze in anger. God looked down from heaven. He saw David encompassed about with death. On every side there was Saul and his armies and everybody. Satan didn't want the kingly ministry to go through, so he wanted to destroy David right off that throne. And Satan's cohorts and all his demons of hell, the spiritual wickedness in high places, all gathered around David. And he called upon the Lord, and then the earth began to shake. God looked down from his holy hill, and the earth began to shake, and the mountains began to move. Let's go on and see what happened. He began to get wroth. He began to glow. He got warm. He began to blaze up in anger. He got so mad at the devil. He got so mad at all the enemies of, of David that this is what he did. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils and fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down and darkness was under his feet. He brought the heavens down to the earth to deliver David. One man that knew his God and trusted fully in him. He bowed the heavens down as the smoke came out of his nostrils. Let's see what else happened. He rode upon a cherub and did fly. Yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. 
He made darkness his secret place, his pavilion round about him were dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. At the, the brightness that was before him, his thick clouds passed, hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the highest gave his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. Yea, he sent out his arrows and scattered them, and he shot out lightnings and discomfited them. Then the channels of waters were seen, and the foundations of the world were discovered at thy rebuke. O Lord, at the blast of the breath of thy nostrils, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the breath from God's nostrils will send the Holy Spirit on upon the wind and blow out your enemy from before your face. That's what he's saying. When you fully trust in the Lord your God. Let's back up here. I want to read to you a little bit from the Amplified, from verse 7. Then the earth quaked and rocked, the foundations also of the mountains trembled. They moved and were shaken because he was indignant and angry. There went up smoke from his nostrils and lightning out of his mouth. Devoured coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens down also and came down. The thick darkness was under his feet. He rode upon a cherub, a storm, and flew swiftly. Yes, he sped on the wings of the wind. His eyes are running to and fro throughout all the earth to find that person that's in distress. No matter who you are. That's what it's saying. He wrote upon a cherub, uh, verse 11, He made darkness his secret hiding place, as his pavilion, his canopy. Round about him were dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. Out of the brightness before him there broke forth through his thick clouds hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered from the heavens, and the Most High uttered his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. He sent out his arrows and scattered them, and he flashed forth lightnings and put them to rout. Go on down into King James, verse 17. He delivered me. Circle that. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. You know the devil's too strong for you. You know that? You have no power over the devil. In Jesus you do. I'm going to tell you right now, you're no match for the devil. You look around in the sickness and the disease. You look around and see the calamity. You look and see all the problems around this earth that, that, that surround us every day. You look and find out all the things of death and darkness that surround us every single day of our life. Can you handle it? People try to. They end up either committing suicide or having nervous breakdowns. But the person that totally puts his complete confidence and trust in the Lord, their God, and in his word, God will bow down the heavens if he's got to to get to you. I mean, when you, I'm talking about total now, friends. I'm talking total trust. I'm talking about a consecrated and dedicated life that will not be moved from the word of God. On a solid rock. He said he's my rock. He said he's my foundation. David says he's my fortress, my stronghold, my stronghold, and I trust only in him. When you make that dedication and consecration inside your heart that all your trust is going to be only in the Lord God Almighty, it'll cause you to get your nose inside that word. You'll never take it out again. You won't believe in any bridges. You'll walk on the water, hallelujah. And you won't sink. You won't sink. You won't. Let's go on reading some more. Verse 18. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because He delighted in me. Verse 19. You better get that one. You better circle that one. Alright, in the Amplified Bible it says, He brought me forth also into a large place. He was delivering me because He was pleased with me and delighted in me. The Bible says, how do you please God? David says he was pleased with me and he delighted in me. You know, the Lord delights and pleases in you when you walk by faith alone. Oh, when you say, Lord, I'm throwing everything away. I'm going to put total confidence and total trust in you. Oh, if it were possible, probably goosebumps goes upside his spine. He delights in that. 
You are pleasing in His sight. Notice the deliverance came because God was so pleased with that. Let's go on. 20. The Lord rewarded me. You better underline that. I can't. I'll tell you what. We're not going to get through this. He that cometh to God must believe that He is and, and that He is what? Oh, look it. He rewarded me according to my... According to David's righteousness. Was David born again? Was he spirit-filled? Did he talk in other tongues? Could David quote 2 Corinthians 5.21 and say, He hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that I might be made the righteousness of God in... Could he say that? No. You think David was righteous? Look in a mirror. You are the righteousness of God in Christ, and He'll reward you according to that righteousness. You can't find any greater righteousness. Not on the face of the earth. There's nobody more righteous than God. And you're the righteousness of God in Christ. Let's read it. According to the cleanness of my hands hath He recompensed me. For I have... Notice these things. I'm not going to take time. Verse 21. For I have kept the ways of the Lord, and I have not wickedly departed from my God. I'm not talking about somebody who lives in sin and walks off and doesn't uh, go to church very often or read their Bibles or study the Word of God or get deeply into the Word of God. I'm talking about somebody who will not be removed from the Word of God. I'm talking about somebody who has dedicated and consecrated their life to live in the high places and the holy place of the living God. That's who we're talking about. I found out why not everybody was like I was when I first got saved. Because they put their Bibles aside and hadn't read it in years. And they didn't want to fight the fight. Listen to me. There are great riches. You know, the Bible says that we are to renew our minds so that we could prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. My mind is getting so... I just want to keep myself so saturated inside this Word of God till our minds become so renewed and renewed. We begin to prove that He's the Almighty God. We begin to prove it by displaying all, not only the miracles that we're going to see, but begin to walk in the total love of God and to dwell in the secret place of the Most High God. That we actually are the very representatives of Jesus Christ in this earth today. Proving that He endures His mercy endureth forever. Proving that He is on the throne and He'll answer your prayer. And He'll move on your behalf and deliver you in any time of need. Well, we could stop and have a spell there, but let's get through this. I have kept the ways of the Lord. They have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me, and I did not put away his statutes from me. Look at that. I was also upright. The Lord's eyes are running for those that are walking upright or perfect. You know, the Bible says he'll not withhold any good thing who, who's, who walks uprightly towards him. Right? Look at what David David's meeting every, every requirement. Every requirement to any promise, every condition to any promise. You read this, he's meeting every one of them. I was also upright before, the Lord, before Him. This is verse 23. I kept myself from mine iniquity. Don't you dare say that sin has power over you. They were preaching that back in Paul's day. They said, you might as well continue on living in sin because it's God's will that you sin so He can show you His grace. I can say it, say, they say it today like that. You might as well just go ahead and be sick because it's God's will that you be sick so He can show you His grace. Paul, you know what Paul said to that? God forbid. How could anybody believe that God caused you to walk in that bar and get drunk just because He can show you His grace? Same thing. God doesn't do that. It's not God's will that sin control you. David says, I kept myself from my sin. Paul said, I keep under this outward man, this body of mine. And I walk holy before the Lord. You don't have to open up your mouth and talk about your neighbor. You don't have to say those things. The Bible says speak the truth in love and grow up. If you want to dwell in that secret place, one requirement is speaking the truth in love from your heart. Did you know that? That's right. And backbiting not with your tongue. 
David says, I didn't do that. I kept myself. And if you'll study his life out, you'll see, friends, that when he didn't get deliverance was when he was living in sin. Did you hear me? I said when he didn't get delivered was when he was living in sin. That's right. Let's go on. Therefore, verse 24, Therefore hath the Lord recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his eyesight. With the merciful, you will show yourself merciful. With an upright man, you will show yourself upright. Boy, we could really get into some things here. He said, if you want to have mercy, he said, be merciful. David was merciful and David was upright. So God was merciful and God was upright. And he did everything he said he would do for David right there. He took him right out of the middle. He should have been dead. You hearing me? He should have been dead. Saul's and his, Saul and his armies all compass him round about. They wanted to kill him. They wanted to destroy him. But God supernaturally intervened. He came down from heaven. Hell and fire. You talk about fire and brimstone. Glory to God. Some say, well, I, got, I thought God don't... Listen to me. You try to pick on my little BJ, I'll defend him. I'll say, don't you dare. Now say this. God is your Father. God is our Father. My Father. That old Satan thinks he's going to pick on me. He's picking on what my dad. Your Heavenly Father will step in and intervene for you. And when all the gates of hell come up around you, He said, Son, sit down and eat. I'm taking this. I've prepared a table. You eat. The battle's mine. The victory's yours. Just keep your nose in my word, he says, and I'll pour out the Holy Spirit like a flood against the flood that comes in against you. And I'll drive out the inhabitants of the land. I'll preserve you. I'll rescue you. I'll keep you from the wicked one. You keep your nose in eating my word, he said. Goodness and mercy will follow you. Righteousness will go before you. The shield of faith will be here. The helmet of salvation will keep you right on that straight and narrow. Gird up your loins with truth and keep. You know why your feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace? Because that sandal keeps you away from the world. That's right. See, that's the type of the world, the earth. You've got to... Sandal that keeps your feet from walking in, on the earth. Walking the ways of the world. It's called the preparation of the gospel of peace. Keep your feet shod with it. Well, let's go on. Look at verse 26. With the pure thou wilt show, thy, show thyself pure. And with the forward thou wilt show thyself forward. Look at, for thou wilt not, for thou wilt save the afflicted people, but will bring down high looks. Look at verse 28. For thou wilt light my candle, the Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. Verse 29, For by thee I have run through a troop, and by my God I have leaped over a wall. You see how he did it? Are you seeing how David did it? You see how he walked before the Lord? Perfect, uprightly, every statute kept the order, kept all the things. He says, I'm, walk, I'm keeping myself from sin. I'm walking hand in hand with you, Heavenly Father. He says, now I'm calling on you in this time of trouble. Oh, he had to be delighted. And what I do, he didn't say the Lord might heal me or the Lord might deliver me. He says, when I call, he says, and he will save me. That's what he did. Sometimes you're going to have to get inside your bedroom and say, I'm closing all the doors to the outside world. Father, I don't care if there's a hospital in town. I don't care if there's a doctor. I don't care if there's a nurse. I don't care if there's anything out there that can help me. I'm calling only on you right now. And you will heal me. You will deliver me. And you will save me. You will enlighten my darkness and set me free. If you've got to bow down from heaven and bring it down to me. And don't come out of that room until your face is as shiny and white as Moses when he came off the mountain. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and then shall thy help break forth, spring up speedily. Oh, if we just realize we've got to meet the conditions of God's Word. You'll never find a promise without a condition, friends. Never. And don't make excuses for them. He goes on to give you so much meat in here. Glory to God. We'll close up here. 
As for God, His way is, is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried or refined. He is a buckler to all those who do what? Who do what? Trust in who? In who? Trust in Him. He, look at verse, well, verse 32. He, it is God that girdeth me with strength. He and maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds feet and setteth me upon my high places. That's verse 33. You want to line that and mark it down that in the Amplified Bible, this is what it says. He makes my feet like hind's feet, able to stand firmly or make progress on the dangerous heights of testing and trouble. He sets me securely upon my high places. My feet are able to stand upon a rock, and when the testings and the trials and the troubles come my way, I just keep my nose. The sister said I kept my nose in the Word of God all day, and I just kept it right down in the Word of God, and I wouldn't let the enemy come and tell me that I wasn't delivered. I read the Word and read the Word and read the Word, and he says, if you keep your nose at that table, you keep eating from my table, he says, I'll surround you. I'll deliver you. I'll set you free. Friends, we've got to have comp- total confidence in the Word of God that it is Him that is our strength and help. And our deliverer in the time of need. Only Him. Amen? Now listen, I'm just giving you reasons. That's why some and a lot of people are not delivered. Now the next thing you're going to hear is this. Well, the Bible says some people have weak faith. Do you know why the Bible says that? Because that's all some people want is weak faith. Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. And if you don't keep your nose 24 hours a day in the Bible, you're not going to have any strong faith. Is that true? When you get down to paying the price, friends, I'll tell you what, people don't want to hear it. But I'm going to tell you like it is. I'm responsible. This is how it is. You didn't have Beaver County Medical Center way back in Abraham's day. Please, don't get these things out and give them to those that do not understand what I'm talking about. You take the tapes, you meditate for yourself, you give it to somebody who's mature. Somebody who knows what I'm saying. I'm not telling you don't go there, because people that go to the medical field, now listen to me, people that go to the medical field, if they don't have faith in God, they got to go get help somewhere. I'm not saying that. I'm saying those that grow up and go older and older and older and never learn to rely totally on God. That's not there forever. That's only there for a time to get you and help you to grow. And if you'll get into it right away, you'll never need it. You'll never need it. Why is it so hard for us to believe that? It's not impossible. God wants you in perfect health. He wants us to live to be 120 years old. He said so in His Word. Long life will I... You satisfied yet? Then don't die. The psalmist says, I'll live and not die. Amen? Well, let's close this out. Hallelujah. He teacheth my hands to war, so that a bow of steel is broken in my arms. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation, and at thy right hand hath holden me up, and thy gentleness hath made me great. Circle that there, please. And just remember this, the shield of thy salvation and your right hand. Your right hand, that's Jesus. Jesus at the right hand is holding you up. He's holding you up. I have pursued... I'm sorry, verse 36... You've enlarged my steps under me, that my feet did not slip. I pursued mine enemies and overtaken them. Neither did I return. Did I turn again till they were consumed? I have. Look at that. Look at the meeting here. I pursued my enemies. You know how you pursue pursue the devil so he flees from you with the word. When he jumps all over your back, you just start quoting the word. It is written, 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 and don't stop saying it. Don't stop pursuing the devil. And you, everywhere you look, Satan, it's written. Satan, it's written. My God laid all the sickness and disease upon Jesus so I don't have to bear it. He took my infirmities and bare my sickness and with his stripes I am healed. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. He's forgiven all my iniquities, healed all my diseases. You keep on saying it and saying it and saying it and saying it until he can't stand to hear it anymore and he'll flee from you. And don't stop till he's destroyed. 
That's what it's saying. Don't stop. Don't stop. I have wounded them that were not able to rise. They are fallen under my feet. For thou hast girded me. Let's, go, let's finish it off at 46. Go down to verse 46. I'm going to read that to you. From the Amplified Bible. You study this for yourself. Verse 46. The Lord lives. The Lord lives. The Lord lives. Blessed be my rock, and let the God of my salvation be exalted. The God who avenges me and subdues people under me, who delivers me from my enemies. Yes, you lift me up above those who rise up against me. You deliver me from the man of violence. Therefore, I give thanks and extol you, O Lord. Among the nations and sing praises to your name. Great deliverances and triumphs gives he to his king and shows mercy and steadfast love to his anointed, to David and his seed or offspring forever. And you are of the same seed. If you be in Christ, you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And you are the anointed of God with the Holy Spirit and with power. He lives. He lives, David said. He's alive and he lives. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Can you see it? Can you grab a hold of what David's showing to you? Can you see what the Spirit of God has anointed him to teach us and show us? You don't get one without the other. He's here. He's alive. It's sad to say, but 90% of your born-again Christians... Don't show the fact that he's alive. He's alive. Say it with me. He's alive. He's alive. He is risen. And he's alive. He's our God. We're his anointed. He's our deliverer. Our fortress. Our God. In him we trust. He's our shield. Our buckler. Our high tower. We run into His name. There's deliverance. Safety. Soundness. In our God. There it is. We've looked to the right and we've looked to the left. But we didn't look to our God. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. He liveth. He's living. He caused them arms to grow out. He caused your leg to grow out. He'll keep you in divine health if you put your total trust and confidence in Him. Mark that down. The 18th Psalm is the psalm for when you're in trouble. Meditate it from this day on. I mean, get it deep inside your spirit. And when trouble comes, you know what to expect? I will call on the Lord. Someone says, what are we going to do now? I'll call on the Lord and He'll deliver me. How do you know? If He's got to, He'll just bow down heaven. I'll go a step further than that. The kingdom of heaven is in me. Let it rise up out of you. Meditate this. Will you do that? Meditate this. Let it speak to your heart. It'll cause you to make some decisions. That I will trust in nobody but my God. My Heavenly Father. He's your Father. David kept saying, God, 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 God. But we could say Father. Abba is the word that they could not translate. There was not a word to translate Abba in the, in the English language. So they left it Abba Father because the closest translation of that word is Daddy. We could cry out, Daddy. That's the closest they could get to it, but they didn't put it in there. They just left it Abba because they, couldn't, they, they didn't know how to say it. Jesus brought to us the Father, heart of God. The love from His Father to you and me. That's how much He loves you. He is your Abba, Father. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart 
I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.